Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pieces for My Puzzle. I am your host, Nikki Ship. Thank you so much for joining us today. Last week, we spoke about how to help your child with transition and how to focus on one goal at a time. This week, we are actually going to talk about how colors can potentially help your child with how they are learning, whether it be at home or in an educational uh, environment. I recently came across something interesting within my research. I was reading several articles, and I came across an interesting article about color preference with kids uh, on the spectrum, and I found it to be really interesting. I will read part of that research to you in just a few minutes, but I, I thought it was interesting in the sense that neurotypical kids usually prefer red and blue, uh, according to this article, and if you think, if you look at cartoons or um, certain images for kids, you'll see a lot of red and blue, which I thought was interesting. And um, they have started doing some color research on this research article that I read, and it has shown that kids with autism typically actually um, have a different type of color preference. So as I delved a little bit further in into this research, it was actually saying that one of the colors that kids on the spectrum uh, most likely do not prefer is the color yellow, which again, I thought was really interesting. And they actually have a different preferred color over red and blue uh, compared to neurotypical kids. And so I thought um, I would delve a little deeper with that aspect with Drayson. So can you guess what color is preferred for kids on the spectrum. It's actually green, which I was, again, really, really, really surprised. Um, So if you think about it, though, the speculation is not just about noise or light or other types of things that can trigger sensory, but um, it could also be color, which in some ways we think that that's really crazy to think about, but it's really not. And if you think about different variations, noise, some noises can seem really magnified or distorted for for kids um, and lead to sensory issues. Light, uh, like uh, the lights in the room, if they're too bright or if they're too soft, can also cause a a reaction sensory-wise. And even to the touch, touching, um, sometimes light touching can even almost seem painful or uncomfortable. And that can also lead to a sensory issue. So why wouldn't colors also have an effect with people on the spectrum? The research suggests that using an unfavorable color may have a response, some sort of inhibitory response for kids on the spectrum, leading to those sensory behaviors or issues coming out more. And the research also suggests that using suitable colored materials could enhance task performance and their reading ability, which really caught my attention because Drayson has very much struggled with uh, various types of struggles in school and particularly dyslexia. And as I've mentioned in previous podcast episodes before, he is dyslexic. 
He also has dyscalculia and dysgraphia. So it was interesting to me that that could potentially maybe help him with some of his learning experiences as I started to read this article a little bit more. So I decided to put Drayson to the test a little bit at home and to see how uh, he would react to certain tasks that we work on together in home just to see if maybe I could get more of um, a response for him as well as cooperation because, you know, his his favorite word is no. So anytime I ask him to do something, it's no. Anytime I say hello, it's no. Anytime I get home, it's no or go away. So I was wondering if maybe if I was trying to do more tasks with him with some of things, some of the things that had the color that he prefers, would I be able to connect with him more? And that's really what I was looking for with this. So um I started looking at his books and his games, things that we already had in the home to see if maybe I could use those first and see what he gravitated towards. So like I said, I started with games that had more blues and greens in it to see if he preferenced it. And he went towards, also he went towards orange a lot, which was not actually in this research study. And it was a very small study. So I think that this is something that needs to be explored a little bit more. But uh, he gravitated more towards green and orange, which I, again, thought was really, really interesting. So I also noticed that he loves playing his Switch. He loves playing Mario Brothers. And he prefers Luigi, which Luigi has more of a green green outfit. And so I thought that was interesting as well, too. I started to just pay a little bit closer attention to things he was watching and, and games he was playing also um, on his Switch. So then I decided to print text with the same set of instructions on it. And um, I just put five different colors one at the top of each page in the text. So each text was a different color. And all I put in there was draw a picture of your favorite character from Toy Story. That's the one that I did. And um, I put all five of the sheets out on the table. And I told him that he just needed to pick one and follow the instructions. Before he even read any of the text, I wanted to see what he gravitated towards. And ironically, he picked the one with green text. So then the next day, I printed out another task, also in colored text. And I put, uh, draw a picture of your pet. And when I did draw a picture of your pet, again, he picked green. Again, I thought that was pretty interesting. So... Again, this is a very rudimentary test that I did in home, but I wondered what else I could pick in other areas. Um, for example, maybe making lunch, he has these bento boxes that we use, and the top of each bento box has a different color lid. So I wanted to know maybe what he was picking then. And ironically, I noticed, I started to notice that he gravitated more towards orange and green when he was given the choice of what color top he wanted to go on his bento box. So I I don't know. And I think I just wanted to bring it to attention that maybe that this is something more than just light and sound and other types of environmental um scenarios where it could trigger their sensory issue, one thing that isn't really talked about very often is color. 
So I just I just thought that was super interesting. I also know he I noticed he prefers purple, um, and then blue is 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 also in that realm, but it's a distant pick. Red he will pick sometimes as well, but not as often as the green and orange. Again, I just thought that was interesting. So I know it sounds silly, and this may be something additional that we may be able to use for our kids on the spectrum may or may not it's really hard to say but i think it's worth it's worth talking about so that's why i wanted to bring it up today in this podcast um and i think we by nature as human beings we all gravitate towards different colors right i mean i joke around that if i could have everything written in hot pink and glitter that i it would be my most favorite thing <laughs> so so think about that for a second and especially if you're an educator think about how maybe colors might be able to sway a child's learning experience from a visual standpoint as well i think that that's it's a really interesting concept and something to think about but that also leads me um, to tell you about one of my most recent ideas that I came up with in my head, and I, I had to bring it up today, and I was excited to announce it. So this whole talk about colors and everything came came across um, at the perfect time. But in one of my previous podcasts where I talk about anxiety, um, I think it was episode number 12, we mentioned, um, we talked about color zones. And color zones are based off of just the primary colors, red, yellow, blue, and green. And we discussed what they all meant. And if you remember, um, it, the red meant angry um, or upset. Yellow meant frustrated or even silly. Blue meant sad or depressed. And green meant happy. And... Um, I remember that we started using color to identify Drayson's emotions, which was really, really interesting to me. But he identified more with emotion by color than he did by words. And that's how we were able to start identifying some of Drayson's emotions. So anyway, Drayson, um, I remember one day he was really, really upset. And I, I was also having a really rough day, so I was trying not to let him feed off of me. But he proceeded to tell me that he was in the red zone. And I could feel my anxiety kind of spiking, and I was trying to get through the day. And at the end of the day, he said to me again, you know, we, we always discuss or talk about how was your day, and we review how the day was. And he told me that he was in the red zone that day. And again, as I mentioned, I had a really rough day as well. So I jokingly said, as I was in the kitchen walking towards uh, a red bottle of wine, I said to him, well, I know mommy's in the red zone too. And I proceeded to open a glass of, uh, or I proceeded to pour myself a glass of red wine. So which brought me to the creation of my t-shirt. And for those of you listening, I'll describe, but for those of you watching today, you can see that I have a t-shirt on that says I'm in the red zone with a red glass of wine. So for those of you listening, it's actually a black um, t-shirt with some white font. I'll show you guys the example for those of you watching. And it has a little red wine glass on there. Isn't that cute? And um, so that's my version of me being in the red zone. <laughs> um, and it, it became such a popular expression in our household and with our friends and family and our community that I ended up creating this T-shirt. So if you are interested 
and getting your hands on one of these cute little t-shirts, you can email me at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. Um, we are charging $25 for the shirt plus shipping. So if you would like to, please feel free to send us an email and we'd love to ship you one. This concludes our episode for today. If you have a story about your child that you'd like to share with us on the show, or even if you're curious about hearing maybe about a topic that you haven't heard about already or a question that you may have, feel free to email our show at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. If you like what you're hearing, please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well at Pieces for My Puzzle. And most of all, if you do like what you're hearing, please spread the word to others in the community. We're here to provide help, to provide resources, and to also give inspiration um, to the autism community and just the community in general. If you're you're curious about learning more about autism or becoming more aware about autism. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, keep working on your puzzle. And remember, you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Take care. 